Welcome to the UAC podcast. UAC was founded to create a place where the most successful chiropractors from different backgrounds and from around the world could come together to mastermind and create lasting friendships. Our profession is unique and surrounding yourself with a genius inside of UAC is a formula to grow personally and professionally into the life you've always known you are capable of achieving. Welcome to Chiropractic's Brain Trust. Awesome. Welcome to UAC podcast. We're here with Dr. Elise Rigney. And Steph and I are here to interview her today. She is a leader, a consultant, an investor, speaker, strategist. I got those things from your Instagram profile because I was <laughs> stalking you a little bit today. Um, you know, I've known you, you've been in the UAC for several years now. And yeah. um, I just know that you're doing some great stuff as of late. So I wanted to make sure I got on there. Um, and looked at that. Um, you have a huge team. Uh, you have a team of six female docs, correct? Yep. Two correct. Offices in yep. Colorado. Um, and so we're, we're happy to talk with you today. You're going to give us some great value and content and uh, some, some tactical tips, hopefully. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. And I've loved getting to know both of you guys throughout the years in UAC too. Yeah, so excited to have you, girl. You're always a bright, a bright light in the um, UAC room. So I love, I always love getting to connect with you. Let's just start off, Elise. Like, you, I know you do lots of things, but tell us, like, your big superpower. What's like your big thing that you just like love about you? Okay, so I love that question. Kind of like my zone of genius. Like the one thing I would say. Well, I need to give a quick back. I am no longer seeing patients. So I think that was a big identity shift for me. So what, if you would have asked me this like five years ago, it would have been completely different. So I think what it's evolved into is being more so like that light and being able to show other chiropractors, but especially young female chiropractors coming straight out of school that you, you can do this. You don't need to be married to another chiropractor either, even though you have phenomenal practices like you guys married to other chiropractors. But that is the message, in, especially at certain schools, um, that these women are given and to just show what's possible and to show that um, through, through chiropractic what's possible too. I love That's that. Awesome. I love so that. So I'd say like, I'd say the, the zone of genius though is more around like mentorship. Mentorship of other chiropractors is like where I feel very much called. That's awesome. Do you mostly do that? Like within your practice? Are you like doing, where else are you doing that? I know you speak on stages. So tell us a little bit about that too. Yeah. So definitely within my practice, um, that is just such a huge passion, obviously with all of the chiropractors there. And then the second practice that we opened last year, I don't work within it, but I opened that with Dr. Laura and she started with me from Palmer as an intern to an associate for seven years and then now business partner. So it's, that wasn't even like in a vision for me either, but it's just kind of been like, well, I can help you be a business owner. Like I really enjoy being an entrepreneur. So that just from like a local level, I would say. And then also in my, in my community too, I'm Mrs. Fort Collins. So being a leader within the community, but the mentorship within chiropractic comes in with Cairo intensive. So I have a fourth quarter 90 day business mentorship and mastermind that I do for chiropractors who primarily chiropractors who are looking to scale, mostly chiropractors who are doing very well in practice by the numbers, but they're at this point where they're like, okay, this is amazing, but I can't keep doing this. or I'm going to burn out or I need more time for myself or my practice survives really on me. You know, like if something happened, like for me specifically, I wanted to take maternity leaves. So I had to figure this out. 
Um, and so that's something that I teach a lot of chiropractors and just how to get to like the million or multi-million dollar level in a practice in a cash-based practice without insurance, how to pay off student loan debt is just a topic that it's not discussed enough in our profession from how to actually pay it off. It's discussed as to how to find a way to have the government pay it off, I guess. I don't know. I haven't even attended any of those <laughs> webinars and stuff, but for me, I'm like, you can pay off your student loans and you can invest and you can get into other opportunities of income streams. So for me, it's like mentoring on like all aspects of wealth building, but also on scaling as, as a business owner within our industry. So I love awesome. that. I love that. I, it sounds like you really can speak to women who, cause because this is rare, unfortunately, right? The state of our profession with females is we're losing, we have 50% of the profession are female, but we're losing, yeah. we're losing to they're, you know, leaving the profession as fast as they're coming in, unfortunately, because of some of these issues, right? Women want balance. Totally. They want to be able to have a practice, but they don't want to have to choose between that and a family. So it sounds like you've really hacked that. Um, to me, just thinking deeper, that must mean that you have a tremendous amount of advice to give us about like team management and team engagement. What would you say your, your tips and, you know, your, your advice for somebody with a team? What do you, what do you, how do you help them with that? Yeah, I'd say the first thing is getting really organized and oftentimes like at least the chiropractors who, um, we accept in, and I don't mean to say accept in a certain way, but there's like a certain level to kind of be at before you're ready for chiro intensive. So the docs who are ready for chiro intensive um, already have all their systems in place as far as chiropractic systems, what they, their scripts, if there's scripts, how their system operates, checklists, all of that sort of stuff, because we have so many great practice management groups out there that get you organized, get you ready on that aspect. But where I see um, lacking and where I come in is really on that um, team and even culture building side of organization and systems there. So having really systematized meetings in your business or in your practice. And so there's, and having leaders within your practice. So having roles really clearly defined and making sure everyone knows their expectations from the day they start, even before they start, if you can have like online trainings ready that are specific to your practice. So not ones you pre-bought, I mean, you can do the ones you pre-bought from a program, but if you can create systems within your practice, so they know authentically what your practice stands for, the core values of your practice, also defining core values for your team. So we have completely separate core values just for our team so that when we're making decisions and operating from whatever place we show up from, we can go back to these core values and be like, does this align with our team's culture? Does this align with our team's core values? But then this, the structure, I would say, is in the meetings. So I'll go through this very quick, but we have our, our main team meetings, but meetings have to have agendas. And that is where I see a lot of chiropractors like either cancel meetings or trainings because they're like, oh, we're good. We have a solid team now, or maybe they don't see the importance in it. And it's because it's not structured where each team member has accountability to it. So in your main team meeting for us, it's Mondays, each team member, we've got a full agenda. It's ran not by me. I'm not running that meeting at all. I'm not running any meetings except my um, level 10 leadership meeting, but um, they'll go through it and everyone reports different numbers that they're responsible for that usually have um, a part of their KPIs as well. But doctors take a lot of responsibility in there too, where they're reporting their conversions in that. I see a lot of times that we have our CAs reporting a lot, but we don't have our doctors coming in and say, okay, I saw this many new patients. I saw this many day twos. This is how many converted. This is where these people are tracking or these patients are tracking and going through and really going through and monitoring where each patient is um, throughout their journey at our practice. So that's important for accountability within doctors, but then also um, a perfect time to go through testimonies and 
progress exams and all that. We also have a one hour Monday meeting for our doctors. I'm not in on that because I'm not seeing patients, but that's where we are all, we see all the same patients. I'm pretty sure you guys do this within your practices too, right? All doctors see all patients. So after a doctor's report, then that next Monday, that doctor can come and say, here's this patient's case. Let me go through everything with you. Here's the adjusting notes so that we have that repetition and specificity and consistency, I guess, is what I'm trying to say between doctor's care, but we can also ask questions and say, here's why they're on this care plan. Um, A good time to make sure every single patient case is really discussed, but we see a lot of pediatric cases as well. So we we will have some heavy, heavy sensory cases and stuff that we do need to make sure are discussed. Um, Everyone's important, of course. So, Um, and then we have our team training once a month, but CA training three times a month. And I have a lead CA who leads that and has a agenda around that as well. So it's not just like, here's role play this one section. It's going through and having each CA have responsibility and be able to um, take a leadership role in that meeting too. I have my leadership 101 meeting with my senior associate and my um, CA lead. That's uh, every other week, sometimes once a month. And then we have committee meetings. So I used to kind of be in charge and then just ask people for help with certain things. And I was like, I need committees for this. So I have a celebration committee. They, they meet once a month and they basically do all the birthdays, all the anniversaries, our team members getting married. Let's throw her a baby or well, if they're having a baby, let's throw her a baby shower, bridal shower, all of that sort of stuff. Because I used to be like, Oh my gosh, I've got to go grab like for how many team members we have. You're buying gifts for anniversaries and birthdays. So many times, so many times a year. And it was just nice to have them take that over. And then we have a marketing committee meeting and then we have a marketing team meeting, which is very structured as well, where they go through and they'll say, here's our reels for the month. Here's our stories for the month. Here's what doctors in charge of lives and who's they're going to interview for this live. And it's all broken down there. And then um, we have an office moms committee. So they're the ones who are like, okay, we need to clean the fridge. Okay. We should really (laughs) order some new new products here. And then we have a marketing uh, on the marketing committee. They go through like swag and gifts, gifts that we can be giving and all of that sort of stuff. So it's kind of all divided down. And then we have like our leads have their own meetings. Um, our person who's our marketing gal who does, we have marketing kind of divided up, but who does more of the video marketing. She has specific meetings with each doctor because she's getting them featured on YouTube and TikTok and all of that too. So it's just like divided out, but organized really, really well. And that is a level that I don't see too often within our profession, UAC is very different, right? It's a different level um, chiropractor in there. So I think we see it more often within our group, but definitely an area people are like, oh, and then I'm doing KPI meetings, but that I keep them to five to 10 minutes. And that's my like touch point with each team member is that one-on-one meeting to be able to have those quick KPI meetings too. That's great. So what I'm hearing you saying is just take that time, take that step back to make sure you're planning before you execute. And I think you're right. So many doctors just go about like just, just sawing, right? Sawing wood instead of taking time to step back and sharpen the saw first. Totally. Um, and yeah. Oh, go ahead. oh, I was just going to say, and making sure it's in the schedule, like as far out in advance, because some people, sometimes I'm not someone who operates where I need to be fully planned out, but mm-hmm. half my team is like that. So I already have our holiday party planned. I already end like reserved date down. We have like our boat days reserved and ready and planned. So everyone can plan their life around like our team outings and our events. And we have a doctor's retreat where we leave for a weekend and all of that's fully planned where again, like I think sometimes just because we became chiropractors because we love chiropractic and not necessarily to be a business owner and really not necessarily to be a like boss, right. (laughs) And to lead people. And so as much as you can get like that all 
laid out and have that integrity to hold those dates to what you set them as, that just provides oftentimes like calmness for other team members too, where they know exactly what to expect. And you're not like, Hey, I have time right now. Can you meet? And they're like, uh, you know, like that throws some people off. I can (laughs) operate like that, you know, like, especially like, especially when we were seeing patients, right. You're like on the floor and then all of a sudden you're going back and doing a doctor's report and then you're back on the floor and then you're going back and meeting a new patient. It's like, that's how I operate. Very on the fly is fine with me, but a lot of team members don't. (laughs) <laughs> Elise, I can hear like a lot of the things that you're, you're just talking about, like coming from EO. I know I've, I've been in EO mm. in the past and I, I know you're in EO. So tell us a little bit about like your like EO and your experience there and like what you've taken and how that's like taking your business to the next level. Yeah. So I actually just joined EO. I've only been in forum for four months. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So I'm still pretty new to it. What I really want to do is I've read traction a couple of times. And I want to go through like those EOS systems and make sure that they're in all of my businesses too. Um, Right now I'm really into real estate and investments and um, making sure that I have like proper managers at those levels. And then also I'm in some other businesses that are just so not related to anything we do, but I'm going to continue to acquire businesses hopefully throughout this recession um, and pick them up. But I need to make sure I'm not purchasing businesses that is just more work on my plate or my husband's plate. And is really like already has that, that EOS system set up and, or I can get it set up really quick. So I'd say like the systems with that are, are a big thing, but I haven't fully got into it in EOS. Systems are huge. I want to come back to that and talk more about your investing and, you know, you're obviously built as an entrepreneur. So want to pick that out a a little bit because that's the spirit of the UAC, right? But circling back to what you said before, there was something that I just want to point out that I was so struck by that when in midst all of those meetings that you plan and prioritize, you've got your pillars, marketing, doctor's meetings, clinical, that stuff, you are prioritizing fun. And that's what I got out of that. Like how brilliant. And I think to answer, you know, that goes to that question I asked about team engagement, the fact that you're celebrating all of the milestones, the birthdays, the marriages, the babies, but then you're making time to do, did you say boats? Do you guys? Yeah. Yes. Yep. We go on boats. We do. We've, we've done all sorts of like, we've done aerial, whatever. And like different exercise classes. We do do boats a couple of times, um, in the summer usually, or paddle boarding. And then, um, we went to like, we went to, was it Cancun or Cabo somewhere in Mexico last year, like definitely prioritize fun, but then we'll do our retreat out in the mountains And it's the bigger my team gets, I'll say the harder it is to get our schedules to all line up. Like that is the hardest thing is like, okay, I could go and do something all the time (laughs) because I love my team, but, um, everyone is, you know, no one works weekends. We don't have Saturday hours. Everyone definitely has a sweet lifestyle. We live out in Colorado, so they've got their camping trips and everything planned. Um, all their getaways planned way out in advance too. So that's why we have to prioritize fun so that we can all be together too. Yeah, so much. I mean, we see that in the UAC, right? So we get together, yeah. and we work hard, but like the the real good, you know, networking and the and the the gems that come out of the weekend are often in the conversations and the times that we're all out having fun. So, um, yeah, speak to your investing right now. I mean, this is we're in a recession technically, right? Uh, right. But we know in this group that this is a time of opportunity. So, what are you excited about? What are you looking to invest in? Where are you heading in? that direction. Yes. Yes. Thanks for talking about this. This is another reason I love UAC too, is that we can talk about other 
wealth building opportunities and what everyone else is doing. And it's also a group that not to try to like sell the group in any way, but this is a UAC podcast. But I, what I love about this group is that you don't have to shy away from the things you're doing. You know, like sometimes I feel like I try to make myself smaller. I just don't talk about it because I feel uncomfortable. You know, I don't want to sound like I'm bragging or anything like that um, or a know-it-all or whatever, because I realize I'm still young and learning and all of that, but I'm definitely an adventurous soul with all of this. And entrepreneurship and investing is what intrigues me the most and has allowed me to build um, everything that I have. But I am definitely into real estate. You guys hear me okay? Um, I'm definitely, I'm definitely into real estate. My husband's a realtor. I've purchased about 5 million in real estate in the last couple months. And it's great. Cause I it's under my name. Like he's the first to be like, yes, tell people his name isn't on it. I negotiate his commissions out. So it's really great being <laughs> married to a realtor because then he doesn't get commission and I get properties. Um, but during the recession, you know, it's interesting because I was in Cairo school during 2008 and then the only comparable thing I have is really the pandemic and how that affected our practice in the state of Colorado. We were one of the only states to actually, they, the governor shut down chiropractors. And so um, I actually, our, our practice grew significantly. We added two associates on during the pandemic. Um, we hit right at that 2 million mark and in the Fort Collins office. And then we opened up a second office, which had 150 patients transfer to that office. So to be able to have that many transfer and then to still have growth has been, um, has been amazing, but it's been interesting with chiropractors too, during this time, because I haven't wanted to say like, there's so many chiropractors who have struggled during the pandemic. And I see it as an opportunity to double down on lead generation. Um, yes, you might need to like, uh, what do they say? Skim some fat or whatever that term is like in certain areas for me, that's just like, I'm such a, like, I'm, I'm not like allocating too much when it comes to like budget within my office or within the businesses and that sort of stuff. So for me, it's like, oh yeah, maybe I should look at all those reoccurring like Spotify and like all the different things we have that I could maybe like make some smarter decisions of what we're not using. So it's an opportunity for me to actually pay attention to some of those details where I don't pay as, as much of attention. I'm more of that. Like, point. I, I don't, I don't stress about that sort of stuff. And you don't, yeah. Anyways, don't need to go into that. But during the pandemic, what I'm looking or no, during the recession, what I'm looking at is just staying liquid heavy to be able to purchase more properties for cash. But then also I've been looking at other businesses that are um, a little bit different. I've signed some NDAs on different ones. So I can't like say much except generalizations of like what they do, like a moving company um, that's very niched for a specific demographic. And um a couple of restaurants I'm actually looking at, but that makes me a little nervous. So my husband's a chef. He went to culinary school and I was a, a server for 10 years. So we met in that industry and I'm like, we cannot get us physically back in that industry. Like we can't, that is so, there's so many things wrong with that. Like from, especially when you have a family, like that's just not the way we want our life or lifestyle to look. So it's like, that's a questionable one, but we do have a couple of conversations going around that. And then also around like, some more healthy, like um, possibly juice, um, juice or healthy vending machine type situations, and then also laundromat, and then a resort. So yeah, variety there. Yeah, those are the the kind of avenues that we're in right now. And what's interesting is in EO, I have a lot of investors in my group, and so that's a nice place to be able to have like that validation of like, here's the numbers I've ran, here's the projections I've ran, here's the rates, like. Do you mind checking this out? This is, does this look like a smart decision? Yes, this is a no brainer. Okay, thank you. 
Like that's sometimes I just need someone to be like, can you double check me? Cause this looks too good to be true. And then it's like that reassurance to move forward with those decisions because my husband is just like, yeah, whatever you think. Like he's an Enneagram, he's an Enneagram seven. So he's like, sounds fine. You got this. Yeah. (laughs) He's like the biggest cheerleader ever, but I'm like, I need like some math people to just like double check them. (laughs) Yeah. Elise, I love your outlook on like, uh, like, you know, maybe there's a downturn in our economy right now, but like that there's just like gives us that opportunity and ability to like really, you know, possibly grow our wealth, things like that in this, like this, the state of the world and the way that it is right now. Where do you think you got that from? Like, are there certain books or like different things that you've like immersed yourself in to feel like you have just been able to get that way? Yeah, I would say definitely. Well, kind of going back to 2008 really quick when I didn't realize like what was going on, right. I was in college. I didn't have an understanding for all of this, but I was in the restaurant (laughs) industry. Yeah. So I still feel like, I don't know. Everyone talks about 2008, but I was having a good time. Like, I don't know. (laughs) I had student loans for everything. Yeah. You just, you feel yes. But when I was in the restaurant industry, they said, people are still going out to eat. They're just not getting that second drink and they're not getting dessert, but they're still going out to eat. And so I, that always sticks with me. And that's actually something that I tell my team too. I'm like, okay, people are going to be making cuts. They're going to be making cuts to their budget. How do we make sure that they really value what we do and they value chiropractic care so that we're not fully cut? Yes. We might take some of our weekly wellness patients to every other week wellness. Like that's a reality. And that's a good compromise for the time being until they realize the benefit of coming back on weekly or we, you know, it's just reassessing and modifying at certain times. It's not all or nothing. Right. Um, but that's where the opportunity to double down is really important on especially lead generation. But I would say that is something that sticks with me, but some amazing books. Um, I would say the mindset piece though, like the abundance mindset when it comes to all of this and more so positive mindset is really from like, the work I've done with inner child work, shadow work. Um, I do to be magnetic with Lacey Phillips, Lacey Phillips. I think that's how you say her last name. Um, and her podcast is incredible too, but a lot of like, and then Joe Dispenza's work, a lot of retraining my brain has been the big thing. Cause I grew up super poor. Like one year, my parents made a combined income of nine grand. So it, it's like, yeah, the nicest wow. house we lived, lived in was $40,000 house. So and granted it was Minnesota, Southern Minnesota, like very different area than anywhere I've lived since then. But, um, yeah, it was like, I definitely didn't get that from childhood. So it has been reading books, the books that, um, I'd say like are my top favorites right now. I just read Ed Milet's new book, the power of one more. And so that's, yes, it's so good. Like everything in that book is like, I feel like, uh, motivational, like quote you should put on your wall, like everything you read, you're like, that was good. That was good. But he talks a lot about inner child work too. And so that's interesting to hear because I've done so much with inner child in the last year and a half, almost two years now. Um, and then atomic habits is another favorite. Yeah. 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 But I don't know if that'd be like a mindset one. I even think like the Garrett Gunderson work, um, and killing sacred cows, that was a good one to shift out of like the standard, um, way of thinking when it comes to investing. That was great to, for that shift. Um, and then I just think like the thinking grow rich is, <laughs> I never want to say that one. Cause I'm like, Staple. everyone knows that. Right. Like, I yeah. feel like that's very, or like, if I talk about Brene Brown, I'm like, everyone knows Brene Brown. Right. I don't want to just give like the basics, yeah. but those are like kind of foundational too. the gifts awesome. of imperfection by Brene Brown. Yeah. 
changed my life. I love her work. You know, and yes, I, I yes, it's true. It's foundational. Everybody should start there, and then you can, you know, read from from there, dive into other avenues from there. So, totally. Um, yeah, um, great. Going back to what you just said, I just love like clearly your perspective is to see this and I what you were there were some gems in there with just shifting your practice. So, you know, in a time of recession, people will cut back on luxury items, right? And thankfully, yeah. we're, in a, we're in an industry where it's not a luxury, if we educate properly our patients and, and tell them that yeah. actually it can be a time for them to double down on what we do because of the stress and just yes. your perspective is spot on. Um, and you're a hardcore executor. I think that's a part of your superpower. Would you say, would you agree with Thank that? Thank you. Yes. Yes. I would say I'm, I'm definitely more visionary though, but I have some really great integrators in my life. So yes, yes. I, we make it happen. We execute. That's for sure. I feel like my integrators execute way faster than me. I'm like, I have to be careful of my ideas because they're like, okay, you want me to start that right now? And I'm like, uh, no, that was just an idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I love like idea generation and like strategy, like the strategy behind everything, even before I have a tough conversation or confrontational conversation with anyone, it's like, I want to know the end result before and have that strategy behind that conversation and how I want it to look before I ever go into the conversation. So yeah, sorry, I kind of interrupted you. That was, that was great. We're, we're closing down on our time here. Any parting thoughts or Steph, do you have a question for Elise you'd like to close us out with? Oh, you're muted, hun. Sorry. Yes, I feel like we can't, go, we can't let this podcast go by without understanding all the things about being Miss Fort Collins. What like sent you into that and like how awesome. So cool. So excited for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I was very spur of the moment. Like I was, I saw TikTok. Well, first of all, like I used to watch pageants all the time. We had like two channels on our big box TV when I was a kid. And like when the pageant came on, I was like, oh, this is like, I just loved it. It was so like beautiful gowns and like all the girly things. And I was into fashion when I was little, little farm girl in Minnesota, all about it. And so then when I saw a TikTok, like last year at this time, I saw a TikTok of a gal my size who was like, um, I think in Washington or uh, I think in DC just strutting herself across stage, like confident. And I was like, it instantly crushed the limiting belief I had like from childhood of like, I can't do this. They're like, they don't look like me. And that was just, I went and applied and um, then one Mrs. Fort Collins and then went to Mrs. Colorado. And for me, it was, there were like two parts. It was definitely that like showing up for something that I didn't even know was possible. And then, and representing another shaped woman in, and, a, and a mom a mom bod on stage too. But then, then it was also about, I, if I was like, I want to win Mrs. Colorado to be able to like really represent at a larger Mrs. Fort Collins has been literally incredible to be able to connect even more into my community. But then I was like, to be able to reach more people at a statewide level and be able to connect and meet people and hear stories and be a part of something even bigger that's not related to religion or politics felt really good to me. But then when I realized like the woman who won had been doing this 20 years, I was like, she and was so deserving to win. I'm so happy she won. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do a pageant 20 times or even five to try to win that title. So um, it's a lot of work that goes into that, that um, I, I personally didn't know until going through the process and like hiring a coach. And I had um, co a couple of different coaches for 
for that process. So it was a lot. It was fun though. That's awesome. I guess taking taking a little step back from seeing patients allowed you to do that, I'm sure too, which is so cool. Oh, yes. And guess yes, what? I was, born in, I was born in Fort, Fort Collins, so thanks for representing. Uh, <laughs> I know. So cool. <laughs> yeah. Colorado girls here. Well, Elise, you're yeah. absolutely beautiful on the inside and the out, but more than that or around that, you have so much to offer. And thank you for all of the gems and the value that you got uh, brought to oh us gosh. today. And yeah. can't wait to see. Are you going to be in New Mexico? I won't be in New Mexico. I know I have um, concerts that I'm attending, you know, but I'll see you guys. I'll see you in November. Yes. New Orleans. Yes. Yes. Thank you you both though. Thank you both for doing this too. You're amazing. Thanks so much. You You did amazing. It was great having you. Thank you. Appreciate it.